Thank you for listening. This is Getting to Know You in a podcast introducing Jewish Federation of the Desert CEO, Alan Potash, to leaders, influencers, and people of interest in the Coachella Valley. I'm Jeff Hawker, and I'm joined here with my co-host, Alan Potash. Alan, how are you doing today? Jeff, I am great. It's a nice sunny day here in the greater Coachella Valley. I'm looking out at my window and I'm seeing snow on the mountaintops. Very exciting to see snow versus snow on my driveway. Who have you brought with us today? Well, and actually talk about snow. Our guest today, she and I actually ski together and she's had a long history of competitive skiing. But this is Lisa Weary. She owns a company called Wine Gal Consulting and is one of the biggest brokers out here in the Coachella Valley. Hello there. Lisa. Nice to, nice to be with you guys today on a beautiful day. I, I kind of threw in the mountain snow top and everything because I knew that you were a skier. Yeah. So let's kind of start with that. How do you ski in the desert? I don't ski in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I learned how to ski when I was in Northern California as a child. And because I li- loved it so much, I went to the University of Colorado Boulder for college just so I could ski. I think uh, was the main reason, but also to get away from the parents for a couple of years. But uh, anyway, learned learned how to race for a cup competitively for a couple of years. Nothing like the A teams or the Olympics, but it get, got me kept me in shape and kept me active. And um, so I moved to Southern California, obviously a, a while ago, and I don't get to go as often as I'd like to. But when it does become winter, I like to take a trip up usually with Jeff and our friends. We're always challenged with that because in Tahoe, it snows a lot all season long. Here in, you know, Big Bear, you have to get it right after it snows to get the best powder. And so we're always challenged because we're always working a lot and we're always calling each other. Should we go today? Should we go today? (laughs) Yeah. So it's pretty easy, though, to go skiing in Big Bear. Only an hour and a half drive. Yeah, as long as, as the weather is good and so there's not traffic. I, so not related to our topic today, but how is skiing at Big Bear versus the Rockies? Well, the Rockies have a lot longer runs and larger resorts um, for the most part. But, uh, you know, and the snow is a little bit less heavy right. than in California just because we're a little wetter here. It's a drier, you know, usually in the Rockies, you know. Most of the Utah and Colorado, New Mexico ski areas are, are a little bit less wet. Yeah, well, the base elevation for a lot of them started like 7,000, where ours here is like 5,500. <laughs> well, so think, it makes a big difference. Well, I think Mammoth, which is much more in, closer to what the Rockies is, is, is a little more, as a larger resort, obviously. I've only skied there once or twice. I don't even remember. <laughs> it's been a while. But anyway. So we, we didn't ask you here to talk about skiing, but thank you for sharing the yeah. insights. And I didn't know that Jeff was a skier, so this is a, a bit of information for me to learn about him as well. So, so really this is for me to learn about you and your interaction in the community, what it is that you do here, and why did you come to the Coachella Valley? Well, mainly for work. Um, prior to me be, being a in the wine business as a sales rep, I worked in the satellite TV business in Colorado and after college and, and uh, worked for a large company um, that you know worked for several years in sales and it was wholesale electronics. Then what we call scrambling hit when the programming became a pay, pay per programming instead of 
paying for the equipment and you pay for the programming. That changed the industry and obviously allowed satellite dishes to become smaller and more accessible to a lot more people versus cable. So I left Colorado originally to work for a competitor company in Southern California. And I had just brokered uh, for for some wines at, toward the end of my tenure in Denver and decided to go back into it because I, I got the opportunity. And then I ended up flipping again, getting out of the business and going back to wine. Um, just worked worked out <laughs> that way. So, so I, I take it this is a, a, a good area for wine, growing, drinking, selling. Well, Southern California really isn't so much the growing area, more central California and northern California. But, you know, there's wines all over the world and you can represent, you know, the the wineries um, pretty much anywhere. Um, I even have a brand new brand coming in from Mexico, from the Baja Ensenada region, too, that I represent. So, so as a, a Jewish organization, I'm, I was intrigued with the development of kosher wine and wines from Israel. Are you seeing much growth in that or is it just because uh, I'm always looking for a good kosher wine? Yeah, um, I think there's a lot better quality uh, involved in the growing and the um, ownership of Israeli wines now. I mean, I to be honest with you, that's one of the, the few wine, wine regions I don't know as much as uh, as far as about as others. <laughs> to be honest with you, I have a lot of European wines, um, South African wines, you know, so, some some other stuff, but the I think there's a a movement to improve the quality for sure, and and it's not just Mog and David or just you know that that's the a sweet. brand not in Israel, yeah. but right. you know not just a, a sacrament wine, but wines that people can enjoy and just happen to be kosher. Yeah, yeah. I, I just saw a statistic that ninety percent of the water that. Israel uses is from desalination plants. I mean, they have taken it to the next level because it's mostly a dry and arid environment. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to really struggle to, to have crops like wine that need a lot of water. Yeah. Well, the dry farm, dry farming is, is, is a good way to stress the vines and give, give you some quality, but you have to have a balance too. And obviously in California, it's, uh, you know, up and down with a drought situation or a flooding situation. So it's challenging, you know, and, and in the, over the last few years, even the fires that have happened up in wine regions in, in the West um, that have caused problems, you know, with growing those products or those grapes. But, you know, for the most part, it's still one of the best areas in the world to, to uh, have grapes. Yeah. So part of this podcast is for me to get to know why this is an important area for you, mm-hmm. you know, the the Coachella Valley. What are the highlights of Coachella Valley that you really like that you want to share and inform me about? Well, originally I came over here. Um, I was in Riverside and then they moved. They had a job opportunity here. So I didn't really know about the desert. And at first, you know, as a young single person, it was much more 30 years ago was much more of a retirement community and a lot of, um, I guess, a- after the Sonny Bono left office, it kind of 
down uh, the the downtown Palm Springs area wasn't that great, so it was a lot of rebuilding happening at the beginning of it, and, and it's just so so much growth in the last thirty years. I mean, they were, I know people that have gone to school here, or grew up here, and just they could they could drive down to Indio in ten minutes, basically, because there was nothing, you know, not ten minutes, but you know, I think that that the area now offers a lot of, lot more amenities and a lot more affordability than other places like Orange County in San Diego and LA, where we're only two hours basically to each location. So we can get there. It would be nice to have the light rail or something that would, you know, avoid being in the car. But, <laughs> you know, we, we talked about skiing, not too far to go skiing, not too far to go to the beach. We still can come back here and have warm weather where it was raining or terrible in, you know, in LA when it's foggy and cold. So, that part of it is one reason I like being here. The, the economic part of it is still, a, I think it's really built up as more of a year-round destination, not so much seasonal as it, it used to be, though we have the Canadians and the snowbirds from, from all the cold areas that like to stay here and you know play here and have the time off to do that. So, and obviously we have all our events in those six months and then Basically, the, the the businesses or the community has stayed open, you know, more for the locals or for, you know, to offer some different things for other people. And, and actually, even a lot of the L.A. and Orange County people could be coming on the weekends during the summer because to take advantage of the discounts right. and True. maybe like maybe like the heat. You know, that's the main reason people leave is just because they can't handle the heat. Well, that's one of the challenges of the summertime, but I prefer the heat over the cold. I'm going to ask you another couple of questions. So you've been here for a while. Uh, one of the things that I've learned about this area is that there are a lot of nonprofit organizations in the Coachella Valley. Are you, have you found, or are you a part of any nonprofits in, in the area? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I've been, I'm past president and I've been a board member for several years for La Dame Siscofier International, uh, our Palm Springs chapter I think it's around 15 years old. Um, Can you talk a little bit about what that is? So the La Dame Descoffier is an organization that was built from a actually a French chef in New York City that had a colleagues that were women that wanted to be elevated in their status as chefs and in as business owners or restaurant owners in the culinary world and it kind of uh, was founded in New York, and then it spread into other other areas, Washington D.C. and you know all across the country, and chapters that are of women to help other women become chefs or become in that field. Mainly was what it was. Um, it's evolved into many other related avenues of of opportunities for for that. Um, it is uh, pretty much a woman-only organization, though now that things have changed in the world, we've changed a little bit of some of the, the participation when it comes to that, but it's mainly just to, to aid in, in that um, so is advancement it a, for women to go to get their, get their careers. So is it a specific type of, of cooking or... So La Dame's Escoffier is all different types of farming, cooking, growing, you know, just authors, 
that maybe specialize in, you know, Southern cooking. It might be somebody from the, the Midwest that, you know, wherever, wherever that region is known for. Um, as I mentioned to you earlier, that internationally wise, now we have uh, chapters in, in Mexico and in the UK and England and in Paris, France, and some other uh, regions that have the specific cu- cuisine and uh, customs, I guess is the word. And a lot of uh, our members are, you know, related to wine and beverages, even uh, non the non-spirit segment is getting really big and there's some people involved in that. And then we have people that are um, sponsors that are uh, like the Yeti, you know, the things the, that... The container company? Yeah, they make all kinds of things for every, every so are kind there, of... Are there, I don't mean to interrupt you, but are there events that you sponsor or are there things that yeah, so you we want do to local, talk about? We do local uh, fundraising, um, usually during the season for the most part. We've done everything from... We were known for La Faire Chocolate, which was a very uh, decadent event of chocolate desserts and chocolate... Um, concoctions uh, by local chefs and some out of town. And uh, we've done it in various forms where you, you just went around and ate chocolate all day long. And, and we've, had, like brun- we've had brunches, <laughs> we've had um, fashion show brunch- dinners, and then we've had uh, also some uh, other uh, farm tours that we do. Um, we take people out to our Coachella Valley farms and water agency and Burtech and do some tours with so that the people can see that we have a local involvement. Do you, do you raise money for projects? Do you have scholarships? Yeah, we raise money. We we raise money for culinary scholarships for women um, to apply to. We've had, we've had, I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but we've probably raised Oh, I would say in in the neighborhood of forty thousand dollars over the years, you know, s- smaller amounts depending on what if they went to COD or if they went to a, a culinary school in New York or something, or depending on their, you know, what their future was if it was two years, four years, and then we've done, um, you know, some other aid with other nonprofits, Biden Food Bank, and I forget the other one I'm thinking of, but. Um, you know, to help them out sometimes as well. But it's mainly consists of women and, and to help other women. And okay. right out of high school normally or into college, though, though we have had now some grant money for people that want to improve their businesses as well. So, so during COVID, many restaurants suffered yep. during this time period. Is this organization that you're part of, did you help out at all? Did you provide assistance or guidance? Um, we're... We weren't on that scale during that time to do anything at that point, um, though, you know, and we, we did have some members that were affected because they were locally owned restaurants, but um, they didn't. I mean, still, there's very few female chefs and female owned restaurants. And so, you know, their organization really gets the word out to really support these women because, you know, there's no difference between a male chef and a female chef. They're they're all talented, so support the women. Yeah, and I think those women, um, 
you know, we would support them by, we had like a, a holiday dinner event at their location, or we would have, you know, them, you know, promote their business if we had some kind of fundraising night or something. Usually that's how we would do it um, in that in that sense. But we haven't, um, we're, we're fairly small still, okay. um, but we definitely have um, our goals and our, are, are there restaurants in the Coachella Valley that are run by women chefs that you want to mention? Uh, well, either chefs or owners. Yeah. Um, one of the members is Kelly McFall from Wilma and Frida's. She's a, a sustaining member. A lot of the, what we find is a lot of the, the busy chefs and owners, they, they don't have time for volunteer. Artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, but they do donate and they do uh, a lot of, you know, charity stuff with us. Um, I don't think who else we've had. Carissa Farley with Wildest. She, she's not a member, but but she's but she does a lot to support the right, organization. She does that, yeah. Or okay. yeah, a lot of uh, women chef would be. Um, we used to have. Um, I don't think she's in the valley, or she might be back. Leanna um, used to be at the. Uh, well, it's now the Omni. She was at one of our older members. We've had we had. Um, Oh, Sherman's Deli. Janet is a member, and her you know her business. Everybody knows Sherman's Deli yeah, yeah, out yeah, here, yeah, yeah. which um, they are they're known for their cakes as well. She's very supportive for us too. We've just done a lot of different um, you know luncheons and dinners and those kind of events. And and like I said, we're we're looking at the farm tour this year. Probably going to do we do the one we participate with the broadcasting. Uh, company Marco Broadcasting and Wine Down Wednesdays at some of the restaurants. Um, yeah, we definitely like we've had other women and members in the past that were, but specifically, yeah. So, so as a newcomer, Connie to, from Laspiga is another one too. So as a newcomer to this community, where can I go for a good wine? Where should I go for good food? Oh yeah, I mean that you know yeah. she knows them all. Yeah, so that would be good. Yeah, what are some yeah. of your favorites? Well. You know, depending on the type of food, um, you know, it's not. I like, I like Greek food. You do okay. Um, I guess there's a there's a Greek restaurant I've heard of. I haven't been to Up Country Club, that I, I have the name. I'll have to look it up. But um, your all time favorite Le Fay. You well, that's a wine, but that's a wine bar. Right. Yeah, that's pretty much. But you know, for restaurant wise, I mean, Cuisto's is beautiful here i don't know if you guys have been there he's he's supported us in a lot of events as as has wally's we've done some events over there in rancho mirage too um la spiga for italian she's been her and her husband vince been very supportive and and the doing events there when she was a member as well um you know it's it's like picking your children. You don't want to. You don't want to point think, out, but there's a lot of good new ones, you know, here as well. I, I'm well, sorry for putting you on the spot, but yeah. you know, I, I need Rest, some. Well, yeah. one of the ones that you work with a lot, and I am work with as well, is Willie Ryan, who owns Willie's right down the street from the Federation office, mm-hmm. um, who also owns Eight Four Nine and has a partnership with the the Fifteen O One and. Uh, Gastropub, Gastropub. Yeah. and um, his catering obviously is yeah he's very supportive too um, I do a lot of uh, retail tastings as well and country club tastings and the, the sometimes the retailers do partner with um, charities as well I know Desert Wine Shop in Palm Desert she does a lot of 
um, benefits for certain right. causes too. Lisa, any other things you want to share with me that I should know about the valley or something I should go and explore? Yeah, um, I think there's there's a lot to be said about not always um, the biggest restaurants that are chains and that you know that you want to find and reach out to the local accounts that um, you know that support the the business for nonprofits or support the community in some ways. Um, I think who else, you know, that, that, uh, would be an interesting, you know, there's, there's definitely a unique venue. The PS underground would be one. I would definitely. I've recommend. heard about that. I have not visited yet. I know. I know they're going to have a patron party there pretty soon in March. Okay. It, yeah. But, for Jewish family service of the desert. They're yeah, going to do the a fundraiser. PS underground started out with two friends, actually two, um, a couple, David, David and uh, Michael, who used to do dinner parties at their house. And th- they started coming up with creative menus and creative a- activities to do during the dinner parties. And then thus their friends like, well, we got to do this more often. And, and they both were in restaurant businesses, managed, you know, everything from hotels, casinos, restaurants. And um, they... Both, I think, were originally from Washington. I think Michael might have been or Washington, D, uh, not D.C. Um, state. So they brought some interesting ideas, and so they started doing these pop-up, basically pop-up dinners, um, secret locations you'd find out the night before you went. So, and now they have a permanent place in Palm Springs. They do musicals, uh, Cirque du Soleil's, you know holiday themed things like during Halloween and Christmas and I've heard very good things about that. Yeah. Yeah. And the food is excellent and they're very, uh, everything's included. Nobody goes out of there hungry or thirsty or, (laughs) or unentertained. Let's put it that way. You, it's an all in one inclusive thing and and it's very creative and there's nothing. And and the food is delicious. And they do, they do have brunches as well as dinners. So. so I'll definitely have to look that up. Well, thank yeah. you for thank you for coming in today. Yeah, I enjoy talking with you. Yeah, and I wish I could ski and I'd go skiing with the two of you. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, exactly. I don't really like, exactly. I've only skied once or twice in well, my life. Well, and and you know, life without wine is like a day without sunshine. So just remember <laughs> that it's all good for you. <laughs> I will. I will do that. Well, well, thank you again, and thank you yeah. all for listening. We'll have to give you give upgrade you from the Retsina days. Yeah. Retsina. <laughs> Nobody likes to drink Retsina with me, but. Yeah. Go ahead, Jeff. You want to take us out? This has been Getting to Know You. Thank you, Lisa Wary, for coming and visiting us today. If people want to find out more about you, what should they do? You can um, contact me at my email, Lisa Wary, W-H-E-R-R-Y 760 at gmail.com. And, of course, you're on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. Exactly. This podcast can be found on Apple Podcast and other podcast forums.